Kia ora. This is The Detail. I'm Ketki Masalamani. Today, Sophie Pascoe, the Paris swimmer so far ahead, she's her own competition. There's no doubt here where that gold medal is going. Sophie Pascoe is joining the party in a major way. 27.77, another championship record. Pascoe is going to hold on. She glides for that stroke. Sophie Pascoe becomes... The new Paralympic champion. It is Sophie Pascoe who becomes an eight-time Paralympic gold medalist in world record time. Pascoe has just cleaned up at the World Para Swimming Championships in London. She won four gold medals for just as many events and is still looking to beat record times set by herself. Sophie's got what, nine Paralympic golds and, and half a dozen silvers, I think, thrown in there. Um, that's, you know, we, you're just about getting up into Michael Phelps' territory. Winning the gold in Beijing for the first time was, I mean, it was the first time that I heard the national anthem at the most pinnacle event. That's the most rewarding part of all of this. That moment that you feel when you touch the ball and you turn around, you see a one next to your name, and it's just that sheer relief that it's paid off because at the end of the day, you know how much hard work you put into it. Brands are lining up to have the golden girl as the face of their products, everything from banks to a glamorous jewellery line. She's won the Halberg Paralympian of the Year Award five times and in 2009 was awarded the New Zealand Order of Merit. But when she was just two years old, her left leg was amputated below the knee after a lawn mowing accident. Radio Sports' Brian Ashby met her when she was 13. It's funny sort of how it came about. Uh, Pre-earthquakes, QE2 Park in Christchurch, the venue for the 74 Commonwealth Games, that was kind of my cathedral. Uh, I'd, I'd go there and I'm, I'm a triathlete and I'd go there and train. Uh, my son was in the QE2 Swim Club and my daughter was having lessons, so I spent an awful lot of time there. Being in the tri club, um, Sophie's coach, Roly Crichton, and in his own rough sort of way, said, oh, mate, I've got this girl, you want to you want to interview her? She's only 13, but she's really going to go places. He was right. In two years' time, she'd be standing on the podium at her first Paralympic Games, winning three gold medals. And Graham Condon had, had sort of discovered her. Her name had come to his attention. He was a former city councillor. But Graham and, and, uh, and Rowley in, in, in combination were sort of going on about this, this remarkable talent that they had um, uncovered. And uh, long story short, uh, just training one afternoon, Sophie's mum was there and, and, and Rowley introduced me. And so that was when I sort of first interviewed Sophie and uh, you know, I'd regularly see her in the lane. So this was a 13-year-old a few years before she got to that level of, of, of being the, the wonderful Paralympian and world champion that she became. So at 13, you could tell that she was going to be the superpower. Well, more learned people than I uh, could, <laughs> could, could tell. She, she'd been swimming, I think she started swimming when she was six or seven. And, uh, you know, obviously with, with her, her disability, um, you know, conventional sports, the go-to ones, your, your, your netballs and basketballs and crickets and all those sorts of things, um, you know, were, were probably a little bit difficult. But mm. then um, this little girl jumped in the water and, and could swim like a fish, uh, outswim able-bodied kids and, um, you know, and was, was, was something quite special and... and you know, drew the attention of, of, of those within para sports, within para-fed Canterbury, and, uh, and, and they trained her up in this, this sort of upward trajectory that continues to this day. Pascoe had her eyes on the prize early. At just 14, she spoke of her ambitions for the Beijing Paralympics. 
My biggest goal is for next year to get to the Beijing Paralympics and hopefully get into a final. Just two short years after you meet her is when she goes to Beijing. Was there yeah. any sort of sense that she would win medals? Because I've seen interviews where she herself looks and says that she's quite shocked. Yeah, it's probably um, wasn't too long after her 12th or 13th birthday that, that, you know, that I first met her. But the trajectory uh, and the rate of improvement was very rapid for her. She, she had a great capacity um, for training big volumes um, at front and back end of the day. So, you know, two sessions of the day before school and after school. And this was a big deal because she was training at QE2 out in the eastern suburbs of Christchurch, New Brighton. And she was going to, uh, I think, Lincoln High School, um, which is right on the opposite side mm. of Christchurch. Lincoln is outside of Christchurch. And so her mum, Jo, was, was doing those round trips. They, they must have been doing, you know, I, oh gosh, 80 to 100 k's a day. She's worked hard. She she's, must be an inspiration for you. She is. She's an inspiration for everybody, us, the whole family, yeah. Just how proud are you? Yeah. Could you put it into words? Over the moon. <laughs> you can't put it into words. No, you can't. It's, um, it's just wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> Sophie's nan, Yvonne, says she's buggered after getting up early in her retirement village to shout loudly at the television. Yvonne Goodman was as proud as punch of her golden girl when she called us a short time ago. How proud are you? Oh, so proud. Fiona Allen is the CEO of Paralympics New Zealand. She says Pascoe's family are her number one fans. I know her nan really well and Sophie and her have got a very, very special relationship, herself and her nan. And many races that Sophie would do um, are in thought of her, her grandfather um, as well. But Sophie's family, oh my God, they're the biggest supporters. Um, they're always there for her. Um, and whether she succeeds or not succeeds, um, her family are, have been huge supporters, always at the, the pinnacle events, um, sitting in the stands, uh, cheering as much as everyone else um, for Sophie. And you can immediately see that Sophie's very close to her family and um, her family mean a lot to her. Sophie's um, would, would say that she was treated no differently from her family um, growing up. She was pushed just like her, her other um, siblings and, and supported too very much um, by her family. I remember being in the stands with her family in 2008 and, and just seeing the pride on their faces um, through Sophie's success and that in itself is really rewarding uh, for any family member to see their, their son, their daughter um, succeed and in and, and, and many cases having overcome adversity in their lives. We call it the black line. Anyone can be physically fit. But it's my mental strength that keeps me moving over that black line. My accident made me strong, gave me that mental advantage to win. What is it that makes her the best Paralympian of New Zealand? I guess Sophie, when she was a, a young 14-year-old heading, a 15-year-old heading to the Paralympic Games, um, her success um, and her determination and absolute desire to win and succeed, and not only for Sophie, but for the country, uh, it shone through at such a young age and she was a lot more mature for her years and you almost forgot that she was a 15-year-old schoolgirl 
back in 2008 when she first represented Paralympics New Zealand. And, and we've continued to see that, to see her continue to get personal bests, get better and better. And we're now talking, you know, we're now heading into Tokyo 2020. That's a, a 12-year career span. I challenge anyone to think about their goals and being able to dedicate the time that she has and get better and better over that length of time. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos of Sophie and the one thing that sort of is a common thread through them all, the sort of determination that cuts through, there's this one clip in particular. How much of it is hours in the pool is hard work and how much of it's talent? To be honest, it's 24-7. Hard work, most of it, yeah, is in the pool, but it's anyone can be physically ready to race and anyone can be talented enough to compete, but it's who's got that 100% mental stamina um, on the day uh, that can win. I see with Sophie, it's a combination of talent, of course. Everyone needs talent to succeed. Um, And yet she's got this tenacity. She wants to be the very best in the world, and... For her to be able to swim up and down that pool, um, day in, day out, um, she's just got this absolute commitment um, to succeed. And not to succeed just for herself, but to represent New Zealand and through that, inspire New Zealand through her success. So that's what I really admire about Sophie. She, she, She isn't an athlete that is doing it just for herself. She wants to keep her an ongoing legacy. I want that image of a young girl and her accident to fade for my parents and be replaced with proud memories of a world champion daughter instead. You know, anyone who's sort of read about her background and, and just must have been, you know, certainly not just for Sophie, but, but for, for her parents and her dad in particular, um, you know, who was, was on hand at the accident and, and you know, just would have been horrendous as a parent. I can't think of anything worse to go through. But I, I think the beauty of her career is that she's at a point whereby she could probably just, um, it's overstating it a wee bit, say just rock up and, and, and grab medals. But the beauty of it is this year in, in 2019, uh, she, the New Zealand champ, she's still breaking world records. So the improvement is still coming at age 26. She is still getting better. The motivation uh, is, is more and more. Now that's beyond you know, your, your, your family motivations and, um, and, and all those things that perhaps, you know, making dad proud and, um, and, and all those things. It's gone beyond that. Still, it's a big deal, of course. Of course it is. It probably underpins a whole lot. But, but she's gotten, it's gotten so much more uh, further than that now. The capacity and the motivation, where that comes from, because she's not an aggressive person, she's she's um, far from it. She's just a very regular, down to earth um, person who very easy to to chat with. You talk to a lot of sports people, you feel a real killer instinct, you know, in a conversation with them. You don't quite feel that with Sophie, but it is there. I remember um, when she competed at the Commonwealth Games and and she won gold um, in Glasgow in 2014 at the Commonwealth Games. And and the the outpouring of emotion on the back of winning that was was immense because um, here she was being acknowledged alongside she wasn't at a para event she was winning gold alongside able bodied uh, athletes and that that was a big deal to her and perhaps being judged on on those standards um, 
I think is is a big deal. I've seen her. I remember before the uh, 2008 Olympics, I was at the national swim trials, um, at the West Wave Aquatic Centre in Auckland, and you know you can't just rock up to the national swim champs. I'm talking about the able-bodied swim champs. You have to qualify. You have to post a qualifying time. There she was uh, racing against able-bodied swimmers. There, and she had qualified uh, on on their levels, on 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 their terms. So. That's probably a driving force, you know, just, just um, you know, showing that, that actually, you know, um, I've got this disability, but, but I'm, I'm as better than 99.9% of the general population out there, even, even with my disability. We begin with Sophie Pascoe, the most successful Paralympian in New Zealand history. Yeah, it hasn't quite sunk in yet, and I actually only found out that fact today after my race. So, look, John, all I do is I go out and I do what I love. I want to challenge myself every single day to be able to challenge myself against the rest of the world. And yeah, and I've been able to, I've been able to do that. And uh, tonight, I made it happen. Sophie would say, you know, she's had a lot of, a lot of opportunity through Paralympic sport and, and having acquired her, her disability to compete in Paralympic sport and travel all around the world and through that inspire all New Zealanders and in fact it goes much greater than that because we know that she inspires through her performances the, the world. I mean as far as a role model goes she's just encompasses everything that you want in a human. <laughs> what impact has she had for Let's start with para-athletes. Oh, I think you'd have to say that Sophie's a national treasure. She, she has been a pioneer in Paralympic sport. You know, she was winning Paralympic medals in 2008 when there wasn't much coverage of Paralympic sport in New Zealand. And through her success, but also through the way in which she captured the spirit of what it is to be a Paralympian um, and and be very available um, to the New Zealand public. And I remember a story whereby some young disabled does, didn't have any role models to look up to and didn't see the success of our Paralympians. But now role models like Sophie provide inspiration for disabled athletes across New Zealand that go, I'm like that, I can do that too. And that's been a huge shift in the number of people with a disability participating in sport and then potentially into Paralympic sport. Um, and, and, and I think it extends beyond that because I think it extends to the greater community of everyone thinking, well, I'll just give it a go. If she can do it, I can do it too. So she's been a an amazing inspiration for all New Zealanders. And at a time where Paralympic sport wasn't very well known, she was really a pioneer of increasing the profile. I'm super proud. Obviously, it's a huge um, honour, and I'm very humbled um, to receive this opportunity to walk out to walk out our largest team ever sent to a Commonwealth Games. Um, and, you know, not only um, do I get to carry uh, the flag high, I get to lead the team out for um, the very first time being a para-athlete walking a flag out and that's amazing for me to be able to do that. Mums and dads looking to role models for their kids um, they don't need to look much further than Sophie so as a role model um, in swimming as a role model in para sport 
um, unparalleled, really, um, in, in combining those 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 two things. She probably came into um, the sport when Paralympic sport had a growing profile. Um, it was at the tail end of when New Zealand had been very good at wheelchair rugby, and and we'd we'd won gold, I think, at Athens in 2004, but then they were starting to fade. So she arrived at just the right time as their profile was in decline. She kind of picked up the ball and the, the wheelchair rugby ball <laughs> and ran with it in the pool. Pascoe swims 200 laps a day. She trains two hours straight twice a day. Front, looking at that world record of 100.15 and oh, wow. blitzes it. A new world record. Fantastic. Yeah, I was um, extremely nervous actually before going to this race. I woke up this afternoon actually feeling a little bit sick and I to roll. I don't think I've been this nervous since London, so about time I cracked it. It's such an individual sport, swimming. But as a leader, does she embody those qualities? Does she rally the team? So as an individual sport, um, she has her own goals to set um, and she's got her own goals that she wants to to attain. She would have said she had a great journey and she would have been stoked with the four gold medals but I'm also sure that knowing Sophie she would have been just as satisfied to see the team's success as well in London and um, she's a key team player as a part of that. Um, she was there for the, the entire time of the pre-games training in Bath. She was there with the team. Um, she provides really great leadership, having been now at three Paralympic Games and heading into a fourth. She's got that experience and she's really open and sharing that amongst the team. And hey, she's just a great person to have around and be with the team as well. So absolutely fantastic as a, as a team player. But it is Sophie Pascoe who becomes an eight-time Paralympic gold medalist in world record time in the 200 individual medley. How does she compare to others? Oh, look, well ahead. She's, she's the best Paralympic swimmer in the world. Now we know her as this, you know, multi-award-winning athlete. Is there any sign of her stopping? Yeah, it, it's it's a funny thing. I've been sort of wondering about that and uh, uh, just tw- had a very brief tw- Twitter exchange this, this morning with her. And um, I don't know that she's thinking beyond Tokyo next year at the moment. Perhaps she is, um, but this is a long time. You know, if you go to, you know, 2008, her first Paralympics in, in the water cube at Beijing, and, uh, and and to keep it going to a fourth Paralympics, um, high-performance sport and a sport like swimming with the volume of work that is required in and out of the water, um, it is a really big ask. And it's it's an even bigger ask for somebody like um, Sophie, who, you know, is, is, is half a limb down. And, you know, when you've been through the trauma, I guess, that her body copped at such a, as a toddler, um, that's required a few more surgeries over life. So, so it's not, you know, it's, it's not easy. Um, swimmers um, so often get to a certain level and they just run out of motivation mm. chasing the black line. She hasn't. Um, and, but, but you do wonder how much longer she can keep going on in uh, the sport, she's she's you know there, there are probably other things that she would like to do with her life. Um, swimming's been great for her, but she's she's been great for swimming. She's she's been great for the Paralympic movement. I was at a function um, a few years ago now, and 
I've interviewed him many times, but I, I, I know this wasn't an interview I did. It was a Prime Minister's scholarship um, function um, whereby they get, you know, the athletes get scholarships and some funding and so on uh, along the way. And Sophie was interviewed at this, and they said, well, look, you know, what about on the back of your, your swimming career? What would you like to do? And, um, and for me, the, the greatest people in New Zealand society are nurses because they have this level of accountability, this level of knowledge, um, that is unparalleled. They are amazing when you're in hospital and they get treated like rubbish and they get paid absolute rubbish. And Sophie got asked this question and she said, oh, I'd like to go nursing. I was thinking, well, why would you want to do that when, you know, you, gosh, all the things you've achieved. Mm. It's, ama- you know, it's an amazing thing, but you, rubbish money and all, all the rest of it. And then I, um, I realised, I thought, this, this dear little girl um, as a toddler through you know, her life and early stages through much of her life has probably spent a great deal of time in hospital for various operations. And these wonderful, wonderful nurses have made such a huge impression on her, on her life. And they've been so kind to her and looked after her and and, and she's obviously adored them. And I Mm. thought that, that to me said a whole lot about her personality. I suspect now, you know, um, life's gone on and um, gosh, she'd be a wonderful mentor to so many people and public speaker and life coach and there's a million possibilities. But um, at the time I thought, what what a lovely, lovely young woman you are. That's the detail for today. I'm your associate producer, Kethki Masalamani. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please give us a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Rangi Poek and produced by Alexia Russell. Ka kite.